The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Hello, everybody. It's me, Kalichio Sunworth of the Perth Football Podcast. I'm on my lonesome today doing a quick pod about the night series semi-finals. Uh, we should have a full team back for next weekend where it's the night series and the state league. Sorry, it's the MPL and the state league finals. But until then, it's just me. So let's get the show on the road. I wanted to do something a little bit different today. Usually we speak to, we try to speak to both teams and speak to them at the end of the game. But since it's pre-season, we wanted to have a quick pre-game chat with a couple of the teams, well, with all of the teams and get a flavor of what they thought about the squad, what they thought about the game coming up. Um, and kind of getting a full idea of their preseason so far. So we'll start with the early game between Sterling Macedonia and Perth Red Star with interviews from Sterling's Asher Nelson and Red Star's Mark Scanlon. Enjoy. All right, Perth Football Podcast doing a quick sneaky preview of the Sterling Macedonia game against Perth Red Star. I've got Asher Nelson joining me. He's injured at the moment, but um, Asher, how's the preseason been going? You've had some new faces join the team, some new fa- some old faces depart, but all in all, you're back here at the football centre, at the Sam Kerr Football Centre, trying to win something again. Yeah, that's it. No, it's good to be back here against uh, Red Star again. So we were here last season against them. Um, pretty confident, obviously, we did come away with the win then in the top four cup. Um, but I mean, pre-season's been a bit up and down, I'd say, in terms of form. Uh, we played some really good games against Frio and then yeah, went through a bit of a spell where just kind of dropped off. But um, good to see the intensity pick up again against Bayswater and then yeah, really good result against Perth and performance last week, I thought. So, yeah. Oh, not looking good going forward. You mentioned intensity, and I think that's one of the biggest things that Sterling has is you guys fight for each other. It feels like you're a, a whole band of brothers, as as, as, as Dayan would say, um, and intensity seems to be your game. And, you know, for, for a lot of us watching you guys last season, we always thought you guys were really, really good, but it was hard to score goals. So what's it going to take this year from yourselves? You brought in Karen Byrne. Of course, you, yourself as a goal scorer, Tanevsky as a goal scorer, Sam Wynn as a goal scorer. Um, what's happening that's a little bit different to help you guys get over that kind of final hurdle? I think it's just relaxing and yeah, going out and enjoying football. So I think we've we've got a squad of players where we we all know how good each of each of us are individually. Um, so I think if we if we go out and you know, that load off the shoulders where we can just play freely, um, goals are coming. Yeah, there have been a lot of ins and outs, but um, you know, despite the team still there, it's still the same core group of boys. So. Yeah, look, just excited to, to kick on and, yeah, play, play a bit more freely, score some goals. I'm going to talk about the game today. It, it is against Red Star. Um, I've got two questions around it. Firstly, what makes Red Star such a hard team to play against and, and such a hard team in the league running because they're so consistent? Yeah, I think that's it. Like, they've... I think the difference, say, between us and them last year, I think they've had a lot more consistency just throughout the games, whereas we were maybe just 
performing in those big games so that's what we really needed to change but yeah just having they have that relentless consistency each game um, where you kind of know what you're going to get from them um, they had big goal scorers last year in Chock and Daryl up front so you know Chock's gone back over east now but they've got this guy so called Joel Kionese, so I heard he might be pretty good as well. Yeah, that's it. So they've, you know, they'll still be strong up there. So, you know, it's going to be a challenge, definitely. And, yeah, going to be excited to be going head-to-head with them again this year. And um, you guys have an incredible record against them. You've lost two and ten. You've, lo- you've lost one in the last six. You've won five out of the last six. One of them a 3-0 come-from-behind at halftime win. What is it about you guys when you come up against these big games? You were saying, like, against the big teams, when it's a big-time moment, you guys perform. So was it about about the squad where when it's tightest and, and, and when the lights are on brightest, you guys perform? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to pinpoint because I think we, we know man for man. We know how good we are. And, yeah, it's just about getting us up for the game at times, like getting everyone kind of locked in and, and concentrated on it, even when it's, you know, it's not going to be a Red Star or Kingsway um, week in, week out. So, yeah, it, it's it's definitely been a difficult thing to pinpoint because it's probably been an issue over the last couple of years. But, um, yeah, just ho- hoping we can kind of lock in and get that consistency going, I suppose. Well, look, Asha, thank you so much for your time, mate. All the best. Hope you come back from that injury pretty quick because it's an absolute joy seeing your play. Very tenacious, loves to score goals and doesn't mind a step over as well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what I've been known for, but I'm excited to get back into it. I back from injury. So, yeah. Cheers, man. Perth Football Podcast, continuing with our uh, pre-game interviews, I've got assistant coach. Yes, that's right. Assistant coach yeah. for uh, the Brisbane Brace against the wind here, but we've got Mark Sandlin here to talk about the preseason um, night series semi final. Once again, you guys are back at the Sam Kerr Football Centre playing for a chance to win something. So, how's preseason been? I'm sure it's been great. It's been very good. Um, we actually started later than I guess most of the other teams, and our plan was basically to use uh, night series for match fitness and to try and integrate some of the kids into the squad. So, the fact that we've come here, um, that's a bonus. Um, we're still playing some kids today. Um, if we can get through to the final, that'd be great. But you know, we still we'll have our uh, our eyes on that first game of the season against Florida home. So you mentioned betting in some of the kids, but you've also betted in some senior players that have come across. Um, you've lost for our footballer of the year last year, Chok, Chok Dow. Mm-hmm. You have also lost Brian Lowry, um, and of course, you've lost some really really key players in the likes of Alice Healy. And goodness gracious me, I forgot the name of probably the best number 10 that I've seen in the last five years. Andy Higgins. Andy Higgins as well, yeah. yes. But you've brought in some big-time players in the form of Joel Kianese. You've re-signed Bryce Bafford. Mm-hmm. You've also got um, Dennis Gallen, who's come across as well. So what's that integration piece been like with these senior players and the junior players as well? It's been good. We've Obviously, we got Dennis and we got Andy Palmer from Florian. Um, Bryce, like Cal, Dave and I are very familiar with Bryce. We've, we had Bryce as a teenager through the glory setup, so... Bryce is kind of like a new signing, but an old signing at the same time because we know what he delivers. And then Joel's love that cliche, by the way. It is absolutely football cliches get me on the podcast as well. Um, but no, like in, in all seriousness, no, Joel Kiernan is coming in, just the consummate professional. He's everything you could ask for him to be. Coming in with the boys and his, his good habits are reflected on the others. Start to rub off on the others. So yeah, it's been good. And look, your opposition today is. Um 
Stoli Macedonia. We spoke to them earlier and asked them about, you know, what makes Red Star a really tough team to play, and they said it's the consistency, it's the, the style of play. What makes Sterling Red Star, sorry, Sterling Macedonia a, a tough team to play? They are they are very together. They've got a tremendous team spirit. They work for each other. They'll die for each other, and they've got some real good quality players. Um, they seem to be able to turn on against us, and they always give us a tough game. And unfortunately, last few times we beat, uh, we played them. They've beat us as well. So, yeah, I was, I was going to touch on that. The, the record that you have against them isn't the best. You've won two in the last ten. Over the last six, you've won one. There was one loss that came from three 0 down at half time that they yes. came back and won. So, what's the message to the boys today? Oh, I know it's preseason. But you also get a chance to, to knock something on the head. And the last time you played them here, you were missing star striker Darryl Nichols. You've got Daryl back. Yep. What's the message to the boys to kind of, I don't know, necessarily get over the hoodoo, but also just make the final? Well, possible to Daryl. He wasn't here last time and it really cost <laughs> us, you know. So Daryl's on his holidays because the final was put back a week from, from the year previous. So, no, but in all seriousness, no, like we need to we need to be used to playing against different teams. And, and a lot of teams are set up to stop us playing. So it's something that we have to work out. It's something we have to get used to. Well, look, Mark, thank you so much for that. All the best for the game, and I'm sure I'll speak to you and the team at the end of the game, and hopefully we can um, make some jokes about Robbie as well. Absolutely. <laughs> and there you have it. Mutual respect from both teams, and both teams with a point to prove in the lead-up to the game. How did it look on the pitch? Well... As anything, when these two sides play, it's always close. And when you get to this level, the margins are fine. Um, from my perspective, in the first half, Red Star found it hard to build up play and the Sterling press was intense. And in the first 10 to 15 minutes, they probably settled the best of the two teams. They had a lot of joy on the right flank with Sam Wynn and Brent Quick combining nicely and causing quite a few problems for Red Star. Um, there was a pot shot that Liam Reddy bobbled um, and ended up coming off the post. Such was the conditions and how windy it was. There was also another effort. I can't remember who the player was, unfortunately, who had a nice driven um, low shot that Reddy got down to pretty well. Um, but the best chance of the first half, of course, it fell to Deadly Daryl Nickel. And this is uh, after Red Star once again hit Sterling in transition. And it was Joel Kianese who slipped in, the Scotsman. Um, he took his shot early and it drifted wide. Uh, he took it early on on his left foot and it drifted wide past Liam Price when all of us in the stands thought that he had scored. But he would score moments later after Red Star won a penalty. from Again, from the stands, it looked a little soft. But it's one of those ones where... The player wasn't going anywhere, but it's a foul inside the box and it kind of leaves referee Shane Skinner with a little option. I mean, Sean and I have talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on air, but how the penalty area should be a little bit smaller and be more of a D because the idea of like a foul in the corner of the penalty box resulting in an opportunity to score and it's an 85 or sorry, it's a 70 to 80%, you know, chance of scoring a goal, but that foul is in the middle of nowhere. doesn't kind of feel right, but anyway... Um, Nickel just tucked it away. He, he, he shot bottom his bottom left. Um, yeah, just rifled it effort in, and it was one nil to Red Star. Um, we talked about the conditions earlier, and the conditions was really really windy. It was almost thirty like thirty kilometer an hour winds, but the game was halted for ten minutes due to lightning being six hundred meters away from the pitch. Like you could actually see it um, right behind the. You could actually see it um, right behind the goals as well. 
But the uh, sparks uh, sparks fell to fly when the first half resumed it, um, and the game ended one nil at half time. Um, again, from my assessment, Sterling would have been aggrieved at the scoreline because they hadn't really done anything wrong um, and they were down but Red Star would have been delighted they found it hard to get any real rhythm in the first half but I suppose it's games like this where you really really need to win the, the right to play and in Matt George Declan Hughes and Andrew Palmer Red Star have a real good working midfield it's really really functional all those players complement each other as well and um, yeah they, they had a really good battle against Cade Fernell Danny Douglas who looked really really good and Calvin Whitney who of course is you know Calvin Whitney Second half, now truth be told, I didn't see the first 20 minutes of the second half. I was getting the team sheets and all of that kind of stuff for the second game, but I was told that Gomo Dukili, who didn't have the best first half and wasn't really playing with a lot of confidence, um, he scored after Daryl Nichols slipped him in moments after Sterling had the chance at the other end. Again, I didn't see the goal, but it's no surprise um, that Red Star are great in transition. And if you got a chance to see the Armadale game they scored two goals on the transition one of them was disallowed but again it's Reddy's distribution is crazy good and when you've got the likes of Nickel and Kianese and the touches that those boys have it's their touch is good enough to bring these those long balls down and actually correct from it as well but when I did get back and was watching and uh, apologies to the family in case I butcher this name there was a very very busy young number 14 who had come on the field and I had a look at him and his name is um Joshua Bilalowski. So he, he scored a header from a free kick. He's a very short player. Um, I say he's short, but I'm probably sure. Like when I stand next to him, he's probably as tall as I am. But he just pushed the wanted more button. Um, he brought so much positive energy. He pushed that wanted more button and scored a header from a free kick. Coming off the bench, I think he's going to be crucial for Sterling this season, bringing in those really good minutes. And that goal came in the 70 third minute and I was thinking yo this is great we really get to see what Sterling are about here um, Sir, Fer, Fergie made a couple changes and they it looked like they went 4-4 flipping two with Hatfield up next to Byrne and um, Bilalowski playing midfield with Calvin Whitney but I also thought it'd be great because we get to see a chance of seeing you know what Red Star really are about you've You've had a couple chances. You haven't quite made the game over. It's 3-0, 2-3-0. It's now 2-1. And, um, and we'd see how they kind of react, especially, you know, with the fact that they haven't really beaten Sterling a lot most recently. Um, Sterling went direct and as frustrated that um, Kieran Byrne looked with the treatment, um, he was with the treatment that he was receiving he didn't have a lot of support in the first half um, he was jolly on the spot with in the second minute of added time to equalise um, it came off a road star mistake Joel Kianese had the ball in midfield and he had just made a mistake error he just lost the ball earlier um, and he left the pass short and allowed Sterling to make the counter attack and it was Calvin Whitney one on one with his defender on the byline and the Mercurial midfielder and gold medal winner he went inside and up um, the byline before forcing the ball across the penalty area and Kieran Byrne was just there to tap it in and send the game into penalties and into penalties it goes and if I'm Red Star you want every single game to go to penalties because Liam Reddy is absolutely quality on the penalties he probably guessed the right side for three of them and saved one um, and obviously that just having the presence there had a Brent Quick Blazers effort over the bar and honestly that, that effort over the bar was legitimately the only thing that guy did wrong he played two different positions and I thought he probably would have been man of the match um, aside from that 20 minutes that I didn't see so finished I think 5-4 on penalties 
great star playing in the final. Any takeaways from myself? Well, it's... You know, if you're being cheeky, you're saying it's another 90 minutes where Red Star failed to beat Sterling. Um, and those players didn't look the happiest of the teams at the end of the shootout. And it looked more like relief than anything else. But, you know, you got to win these games. And I'm sure that they'll be stoked to be playing for a trophy next Friday night. And that's all that matters to them. For Sterling, they'll still feel a little bit positive that that togetherness and fighting spirit that they showed... Um, and to do so without Giles Davies, who is perhaps the, the biggest epitome of fighting and spirit uh, in the league and and um, missing Ashen Nelson, who is sneaky big. He's, uh, he's he's bigger than I am, guys. And I am, what, 5'10 and 85 kilos, and he looks like he could take me. Um, so, yeah, but again, of course, Red Star will also without Walsh and, um, and Bryce Baffert as well. But I'm looking forward to seeing these two teams play again in the season. I'm looking forward to, to seeing them play against other teams as well. Um, we're going to be doing our preview show uh, not next week, the week after. And yeah, you'll be you'll be seeing us talk about Red Star and about Sterling. So uh, that is it for me for part one. We'll get on to part two and we'll have a little little uh, interlude and then we'll get into some interviews from the Bayswater City and the Olympic Kingsway Games. We were lucky enough to talk to Gordon Smith um, and Tyler Garner prior to the match. Perth of the podcast, Kalicho Sunwa here at the Sam Kira Football Centre before Bayswater take on Olympic Kingsway and I'm here with Gogsy Gordon-Smith. Mate, it's been quite a pre-season for Bayswater, a lot of new faces, but here you are playing at the State Football Centre, sorry, the Sam Kerr Football Centre for a chance to win some stuff. So um, what's what's it been like from your, from your perspective? No, it's been a great start to um, the campaign. We've um, been working on fitness, we've um, tried a few new players in different positions and um, we're getting a few players back and um, I believe it's our first semi-final for four or five years, so it's a game we're looking forward to. And how, how do you guys balance that where you're trying to get a bit of fitness and you're trying to work things out but like you said it's the first semi-final for the club in, in quite a few years I'm sure you guys absolutely want to win it right? Yeah absolutely once you get to this stage it's all about obviously winning it we know we've got um, a tough game tonight against Kingsway and um, they're similar to us they're unbeaten in five they've, um, they've kind of uh, rotated their squad as well so both teams will be confident they can go into the final You mentioned Olympic Kingsway they are a top side um, but from your perspective what's really difficult about playing them or, or trying to get results against them? Uh, for me um, last season we played against them it was tough to kind of match the, the system they play they, they rotate a lot and um, Tuffy's got them um, really well drilled so it's just kind of some, ga- some games you need to give up possession for a period of time and Kings are really good in possession so if we keep our shape and um, and limit their chances then I'm sure we can go on and, and make our own chances and have enough to win the game. You mentioned making your own chances there and when you think about the Bayswater side of, of previous years and also this season as well you think firepower between yourself Chris Jackson, Cam Tees if he's, if he's going to get a chance to play and Asma as well and even Dumba when he comes back how crucial is it to, to make sure you guys are putting away these chances because sometimes it feels like you play a bend but not break defence yeah. and it's only so long a team can bend and bend and bend for if you don't get those goals. Yeah that's it and um, football is all about taking your chances when you're on top and I think we've, we've kind of done that at times during this pre-season. You've got like say Jacko and um, 
Tis coming back, obviously. The way as well. Then you mentioned Dunbar, and then I'll get onto the wingers. Sammy and um, Josh, you've got Steins there, but Sammy and Josh are light and fast, probably the two quickest wingers in the league, so we need to use them. And we know if they get by their defender one on one, then we'll have a chance of getting balls in the box, and we've got boys that can put them away, so it's good. Well, look, mate, I'm wishing you all the best of luck. Everyone knows I'm a big time Basie fan, and it's about time to see you guys in the semi final, mate. Mate, here's hoping now that we've um, prepared well. We know what Kingsway are all about, we know what we can do, so it's going to be a good game. And we're just hoping to get to the final and make you happy as well, mate. Thank you so much. All good, mate. Cheers. <laughs> Perth the Podcast, in a pre game interview, we've got Tyler Gardner from Olympic Kingsway to have a quick chat to us. Tyler, bunch of new faces into the squad this year. Preseason's been going well, and once again, you guys are um, playing in a semi-final for a chance to win some stuff, mate. So tell us a little bit about the preseason from your perspective. Yeah, obviously we've brought in a lot of uh, new signings, you know, and they're the absolute quality. You know, they've really added to the squad both on and off the pitch. So there's honestly no complaints for everyone. The the levels really increased, you know. So to be in the semi-final again, night series, um, try and defend what we won last year. It's a it's a great opportunity for us to to build on something going into the season. I love it that, you know, from a player's perspective, as soon as it gets to that place where it is a semi-final, it's time to win. It stops being about getting minutes in the legs and it's, hey, can we win some stuff again, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, everyone says night series, it's all it's just uh, about fitness. But, you know, once you get into that situation, everyone everyone wants to win a trophy no matter what it is. So, obviously, we're going to try and uh, do our best to take that opportunity. Well, look, you're playing a good Bayswater side. They've had some really good results. They're undefeated as much as you guys are undefeated. You haven't lost to them since you've been back in the MPL. But I'll ask you the same question I asked them but in, in, in the inverse what is it about the side that's really really hard to play against what are the things that make that they make difficult for you guys to, to, to do or to or that they do that's really hard for you guys yeah I know Gary very well you know he uh, he's always had a very organized team and a very distinct style of play you know he's got very good individual players all across the pitch you know that offer offer a lot of danger in any moment you know Gordon Smith in the midfield you've got Anasmo out wide as well through the middle you know you've got Jackson who's coming now as well so they have a, a lot of dangerous players that can can change the game in any moment so there's a lot of things that can uh, can make it difficult difficult for us but obviously we're just hoping we can impose our style of play over them first well look I'm going to wish you all the best and congratulations once again on representing the, the country and doing a really good job overseas so it's going to be a little bit difficult to kind of get yourself back and hyped up to be playing for the green but I'm sure I'm sure it's probably easy playing for the green machine mate, as well. always for the green machine bleed green mate bleed green <laughs> thank you so much Tyler you take care all the best tonight thank you cheers Thank you to Tyler and to Gordon Smith. Um, Kingsway against Bayswater was always going to be a, a game where the old cliche of Star Wars make fights come into play. Bayswater are typically content on letting the other team have the ball, and Kingsway are easily the best team, in my opinion, um, in the league who are on the ball. And you could see that confidence flung in the first half. Um, they legit played it out the back every single chance that they had. Josh Sampson, hashtag certified baller, uh, was standing next to Adrian Sangara for pretty much all of the goal kicks that they would play out the ba- uh, that they would play out the box, and they would work it all the way up to the edge of the box, and they'd all or they'd go f- try to find Liam Murray on the left or Joel Knowles on the right. <laughs> More on Knowles later. Um, and both players looked dangerous, right? Murray and Knowles combined for the first shot in anger as Knowles 
kind of did a little quick spin slash pirouette um, and shot narrowly wide. And um, Murray one-on-one on anybody is just going to be dangerous. And it's it's one of those funny ones. And Sean, talks, Sean and me talk about this all the time where, you know, you, you play a game or you watch a game and it's all the talk is about you know, a, a winger who's really, really doing well against the fullback but hasn't quite scored yet or, or, or made an assist yet. And the fullback is literally just doing enough. And I thought that Ishida Livings was just doing enough to prevent, you know, Murray from having clear-cut chances or easy crosses. And I think Bayswater did do a really good job of having um, both Samuel Dway and, and Joshua Nasmo drop and offer help to Sam Mitchinson and to Ishida Living. So it wasn't, you know, a case of them being caught one-on-one all the time. Um, I mentioned it earlier, and again, we, we spoke at length last year about Kingsway being the best team between the 18-yard boxes um, and needing to do a little bit more inside their own 18-yard box as well as the 18-yard box of the opposition. And uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, my God, have they gone and sorted out that problem. Um, Aaron Williams and Liam Boland didn't play today, and um, they will contribute to that. But uh, Joe Knowles, he will help too. He's he's honestly playing a different game. He's too fast, too strong, too skillful for this league. And it, it looked like he, he was just gliding on the pitch out there. He could do whatever he wanted on the ball. Um, and after Bayswater failed to properly clear uh, set piece Joel Knowles did one of those like running side volleys but it's almost one of those ones where it's if you were using a hacky sack so it's inside of the foot and he just does this running volley inside of the foot and he just tucks it brilliantly past Luis Italiano who is not a bad goalkeeper he tucks it past the near post and it really was a goal out of nothing in that situation um, and it kind of forced Bayswater out of the deep shell and it was really interesting to watch that game and to think okay well how are Bayswater going to respond right and um, Joshua and Asmo had this um, slal- slaloming run um, almost the length of the pitch where he went from his 18 yard box to the other 18 yard box and kind of slipped in Chris Jackson whose shot was blocked but it was just a, a moment of individual brilliance that ended up having Bayswater equalise Samuel Dway, who, again, always looks lively, going on the outside, going on the outside and just kind of shaking defenders up. He actually cut inside this time um, and it kind of caught us by surprise, but also caught the defender by surprise. And he curls this terrific effort on his left foot into the far post to level the score. And uh, it's 1-1 at halftime. I didn't think it would be 1-1 at halftime. And the wind just gets even wilder, right, uh, in the second half. And Bayswater takes the lead through, yep, Luis Italiano. Yep, that's right, the, the goalkeeper. And not like Alison Becker coming up against West Ham and scoring, more like, and shout out to Tommy for this, um, more like Paul Robinson against Spurs, sorry, four Spurs against Watford. Um, Declan Hargreaves wins a free kick pretty much by his 18-yard box and Italiano just launches it, right? It gets caught up in the wind and it actually bounces over Sangara, who just mistimes it, misjudges it. He'll absolutely want that back. And it just changed the complete complexion of the game. It it gave Bayswater something to hold on to and boy, oh boy, did they hold on to it because they couldn't hold on to the ball in that second half, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, Bayswater set a lot deeper and they encamped themselves in a low block just outside the area. They kind of defended in a 4-4-2 with Hargreaves and Kiel doing a lot of running. Um, Palmateer and Jackson made sure that nothing came in from behind them and did a really good job of making sure they knew where the off- offside line was. And um, Kingsway, they, they huffed and puffed, but they couldn't find any rhythm 
to break down Bayswater. And, you know, whenever they did get close to the box, it'd be a foul. Like, <laughs> Bays- Bayswater would just foul them. One was a shocking tackle where he just, I think it was Gordon Smith. I'm not too sure if it was him or Hargreaves, but one of those two boys just absolutely hacked Oliver Annis and, and how they avoided booking. I Neither of those boys got booked. And that is just... It's hilarious. It, it's yeah. I, I don't know how they avoided bookings and uh, Cam Tees turns up has one one foul for a late tackle and is booked. But yeah, those guys never never had a booking and it was just really really strange. But the game ends up getting stretched. Bayswater have a couple counter attacks um, and they lack the final ball. And Asmo had a great chance and he could have slipped in uh, big Cam Tees, but his touch was heavy and they try to appeal for a penalty. It looked a little bit like a coming together from where I was in the stand and I had a referee next to me. He said nope. No penalty whatsoever. Um, Kingsway rattled in some changes. Le Bib, Le Bib. Um, Lewis Hewings, sorry, Lewis Hewings, sorry, Lewis, um, and Tyler Garner came on all in the in the, in the well, 60th, 66th minute. And um, they really couldn't change the game. They really couldn't create anything. I think the conditions didn't help them at all. And their best chance, and this is this is how you know the gods aren't on your side, uh, their best chance came in the 90th minute. Um, Murray and Knowles combined very, very well. They slipped in Murray, and he's through on goal. He takes a shot, and unrushing Italiano gets a glove onto it, but the shot falls right in front of Le Bib, Le Bib, and um, the substitute lashes at it, but he, he kind of snatches at it at the same time, um, and he hits it okay, but it, it doesn't, tuck it he, he really could have sent this game into extra time and penalties um but yeah it gets cleared off the line and here's here's the, the, the crazy part it gets cleared off the line and it falls and hits it's about two yards out here and it hits Hewings and goes over the bar it, like inside the six yard box it goes over the bar and you're just going okay it's just not it's just not our night when it's when something like that happens right um so takeaways from the game Liam Boland didn't play, um, but the fact that he's on the bench was a good sign. I think he's been hurt throughout all of the night series, and the fact that he was back on the benches was really, really good for them. Um, and they played very well without players who would naturally be starting players and players who would be on their spine. So that's a good sign for them. But at the same time, it's also just a familiar story for Kingsway. It's teams that set up to frustrate them and they try to get a result. And like I said, they've been the best team from 18 yard to 18 yard in the league. They do have the players who are going to change that. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily be worried if I was Kingsway. For Bayswater, I think this game means a lot more for Bayswater. Um, again, it's a newly assembled team. We've been calling them Bayswater City. The city part being more like Manchester City than actual Bayswater City. Um, and it's their first chance at silverware for four or five years. They, they stayed composed. They, they fought for their lives. But most importantly, they actually fought for each other, right? And that's something that you need to you need to take into action and take into play here, where it's a team that's kind of had so many tra- people transition into the side this year. Uh, another positive is to see Cam Tees back on the pitch. Um, but I'm sure Gary Williams will spend a lot of times with the boys this week and trying to get them to enjoy the ball and control the tempo because when they play Red Star and they leave it and have transitions and they make it a transition game, it's going to be really hard for them. Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you've enjoyed that. That is it. That is all of it from me. It's a late one here, but hope you enjoyed the pod and the matches and hopefully we'll have a full team for next week. Remember to be careful and be kind and we'll see you at all of the grounds. 